I'll be nearly there yet. <sighs> Not yet, no. What about, just, what about now? It's just a little bit further and then you can get out and do the thing, okay? I'm, I'm bored. I, I know, we're, we're all bored. I want to play video games and, yeah. and other kinds of games. Well, when we get there, you can you can talk about the things. I want to listen to things. Yeah, you can listen to things too. You I want to watch things. Yes, you can you can watch things and read things and do whatever you want to do. We, we're nearly there, okay? Oh, are we nearly there yet? Uh, yes, actually. Ah, yay, creep of the strangers! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies just have a bit of a chinwag about our weeks and do some silly voices and skits and... Is that you doing a chin wag? I'm waggling my chin. Yeah, just having having a bit of a natter and a catch up. Mm-hmm. How's your week been, Jane? Ah, oh, we've barely had one yet. It's it's barely barely begun. Yeah, since we since we last recorded this, I've worked maybe two days. It's been nice. I had some time off. I had Monday off. That was nice. I had a, had a good old relax. Mm-hmm. And and we're we're back into it. We we did we did have. We had an eventful weekend, as we often do. We are known to have busy, eventful weekends. We did a bit of a wiggle. We listened to some music, but we will come back to that later. We we saw some friends. We played some games, which which is probably a good place for us to start. That's an excellent segue, dear. Yeah, we usually talk about games we've played, and we played some this week. (gasps) I played some because I was off work. We played some because we had friends around. I played some because I was also off work. Yeah. What what games do we want to talk about first? Well, um, I think we should probably start with some of the ones we we played together. Ooh. So we played a bunch of expansions to a game this we, weekend. We did. We we previously mentioned uh, Unstable Unicorns. Yep. That, that sort of card game about getting the unicorns in your stable and fucking everyone over. Yeah. Collect your seven unicorns. Lots of rainbows and bright colours and, and silly, adorable unicorn friends. And just... Really dicking your friends over. I've usually a game of Unstable Unicorns lasts us about what half an hour to forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But this this one was a mammoth game. Like we didn't realize it. it we were having a good time, and then suddenly, where did three four hours go? <laughs> it, it was it was, a, it was a tense one. It was it was very intense. Uh, Lots of dicking each there other. There was a period of time in which I could have won multiple times, but I just couldn't do anything. I had like eight cards and was like, I can't do anything with any of these. I locked you right down on that one. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so we've got a couple of new expansions. Uh, there's one that's about dragons. We have the dragon expansion. We have the uh, rainbow apocalypse expansion. And yeah. the not safe for work expansion. And I must say all of them were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see like uh, duplicates of some of the original cards coming in, and how yeah. some cards might say, "Hey, you get to do this," and then look through the deck for one of these types of cards. Yeah, so a lot of them were like, "Here's a card you have in the base game, but an extra bonus thing, like mm-hmm. like stop someone from activating a card, but also make them discard one from their hand, for example." Yeah, yeah. So we got with the, the super nays. Yeah, what was it? Um, Nay, motherfucker. Nay, motherfucker. Yes. Uh, Yep, I love a lot of the new designs. There are some really fucking adorable ones. Yes. Um, the bunny corn, which is oh. just a bunny with a carrot stuck on its head, is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. There was the unicorn with uh, a horse with a yeah, an ice cream cone stuck on H- its head. Horse with a dildo on its horse on its head. 
Uh, the dirty mind one was quite funny. Oh, yes, it's just casting a shadow that looks like balls mm-hmm. on its head. Um, I, th- I think of the three expansions, the dirty one might have been the one that I had the biggest <laughs> giggle from. But yes, certainly. The, rain- the rainbow pack was, was very good as well. Yeah, I mean, not only the fact that there's lots of nice rainbow characters in there, there's also like... There's a full Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse set. Yes. Which, you you know, you destroy, literally destroy everything in your stable, which is good early game, or if you're really losing. Or if you're in a situation like I was a couple of times where I'm like, I'm screwed, My my, I'm not going to win with what I have out now. Let's just burn it all to the ground, destroy things that everyone has, summon something of my choice from the deck... Gives you a nice reset. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think all of that stuff worked really well, and it all worked well together. Yeah, I I did I particularly did like those burn your whole stable to the ground and get a bit of a refresh going. Yeah, yeah, and then and, and also I mean the number of times we were shuffling things back into the deck as well. Yeah, so that it really did go on and and well, and it was I, fun in that. Yeah, I really like the sprinkle those sprinkle cards as well, where instead of your normal turn, you could draw like three cards for that card. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't get to play anything that turn, and you yeah. could stack it. So for a while, I was like, oh yeah, I can just be like my turn. I'm gonna pick six cards up and have basically a new hand. Nice. Yeah, and I really had to shut that one down as well. You did, yes, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, if you've if you've picked up. Unstable unicorns and enjoyed it. Those expansions, if you can find them cheaper, like def- they definitely add something to the game. I got all three for thirteen ninety nine on eBay. Yeah, it's we now have a big box that just about contains all the cards sleeved, and it's like, yeah, this is this is good. Yeah, this is good. We can we can we can we can manage with this amount for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looking forward to playing more of that. What else did we play this week? Well, we played a few other things, uh, none of which I can remember. Uh, we played another thing together. Uh, yes, we played another card game, in fact. Yes, uh, we tried playing some Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duel, mm-hmm. which uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is like was my was very much my game once upon a time. It's never really clicked for Jane, I don't think. I've, I've enjoyed games of the normal one. It's... It's very antithetical to something like Magic the Gathering. Yes. I So, for anyone who's not played Speed Duel specifically, it's a new thing they've recently released. Like, uh, a ten quid uh, starter deck box gets you, like, three... It's a tenner. It's a tenner for three... fuck. Well, it's for three... Like, Over three. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, for a tenner, you get, like, three of those decks rather okay. than you'd previously get, like, one starter deck for a tenner. I was going to say, because one of those decks is not worth No. Well, I would say, like... Three of them, maybe, if you get into the flow of it. But the basic idea is, go back to, like, Gen 1 Yu-Gi-Oh! rule set. You've got tribute summons, maybe ritual summons and fusions. You've not got to deal with synchro summons and XYZs and all that shit. Um, which is, like, that. that's why I was intrigued by it. I was like, oh, okay, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! the way I knew how to play it. That'll, that'll be cool. We'll get to, some decks and Jane can have a rule book to look at and not have to just take my word for the rules. Um, but the decks are far smaller. I think they're like 20 cards. Something like that. Uh, they cut the life points down considerably. So you've only got 2,000? Yeah, they cut down the number of magic and tr- monster spaces you can have to three from five. And the games are over very quickly. Yeah, and it feels like it's entirely R&D. Yeah, like... I'd be interested at some point in the future to try that again with the full life point total rather than the 4,000. 
it, it and see if that just gives a bit more time to have some back and forth. Yeah, but... I didn't feel like there was any back and forth. It was like if you are pulling the wrong cards, then you are fucked. Yeah, and I, I was talking to Jane about this. I think part of the problem this is just a problem that Yu-Gi-Oh starter decks have always had, which is the way that Yu-Gi-Oh works best is when about a quarter of your deck size is trap cards that are always useful for turning the tide, stuff like oh, this monster attacked me that has 2,000 attack. Instead of losing 2,000 life points, I gain 2,000. Uh, oh, you attacked me, I destroy all your monsters so that your field's clear again. Stuff like that that can change the tide very quickly is, like, very integral to Yu-Gi-Oh!'s back-and-forth flow and yeah. to sort of resetting the field if one person gets a bit too strong. And none of the starter decks have cards that support that and it does make it easy to get lopsided. Yeah, there's n there's no comeback to it. I don't deny it does exactly what it says in the box, which is it is speedy. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it's that fun. And I, I have had fun with Yu Gi Oh. Like you know what I would honestly suggest is maybe worth us doing is taking the rule books that came with that and going, ah, this is old Yu Gi Oh rules and then just using the decks I already have that are <laughs> a bit less bad. Because now we at least have, here is Gen 1 Yu-Gi-Oh rules if you need to read them. I mean, to be fair with Yu-Gi-Oh, most of the instructions are actually on the card. So. Yeah, they're usually very text-heavy, but yeah. it's, it's a shame, because I like this concept in theory, because basically what they seem to have tried to do is pair characters from the show and take their iconic decks and like pull out all of the 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 filler and go, these are the cards you remember from the TV show, Um. And the idea of, of condensing it down so it's only the stuff that has synergy with the other stuff in the deck is like, that seems really nice. Um, the one of those decks that I thought was was good was that one I did last, that Gravekeeper's one. That was a lot of things that were easy to summon that all worked with each other. Yeah. And like, in theory, that works really nicely. Cut the deck size down, make it just about the stuff you know from the show that works together. Mm -hmm. In practice, it didn't really work so well. No, it wasn't great. But I enjoyed getting to play, but having an excuse to play some more Yu-Gi-Oh again, even if it was not the best balanced Yu-Gi-Oh in the world. Yeah, the art style was nice. Though. Yeah. yeah. What? A... You, you keep asking me, but it yeah. must be time for one of yours. Yeah, one, one, one of mine. Played? One of mine. I played. I played a few things. What, what should I start with? Um, I've been playing a bunch of Kingdom Hearts three this week. Uh, that 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 Disney and Square Enix game where it's like, here's Mickey Mouse. He's talking about the darkness that's going to consume the universe. Ha ha! Um, it's very Kingdom Hearts. It's you beat up a bunch of stuff. You have some Disney cutscenes that sort of retell the movies that they're from in truncated ways. Occasionally, it'll be new a new story in that world. Then it's a bunch of techno babble about about JRPG stuff that I have tried to understand and still have questions about. Um, I love it though. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's it's that is not a well told story and it's convoluted and it makes no sense and characters repeat themselves as no ad nauseum and take far too long to say basic things. But I love it. Um, it's really fun to play just from like. It looks really modern. It doesn't look like it's been in development for like 15 years as it has. It plays very smoothly. Animations are fantastic in it. 
I love all of the flashy things that are constantly going on, like every five seconds it's like my sword turned into guns that turned into a drill and now Goofy is flying up in the air and throwing me down and then Donald Duck sets off a bunch of fireworks and now I'm on the the swinging boat ride from Disneyland and it's spraying water everywhere and I'm on a carousel that's firing lasers at people. Teacups. Teacups that spin out with like what appear to be like blades made of wind. It's a bunch of very pretty light nonsense where I mash a button and pretty things happen and I really like it. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, also, I love the dialogue for all of its terribleness. What was that line yesterday we were giggling about? A heart can live anywhere, even in data. data. <laughs> that's, that's been the best one so far. A heart can live anywhere, even in data. Yeah, well, I just keep Im- imagining like data from Star Trek Next Gen just as, looking really ecstatic. As well you should. A heart can live in data. <laughs> um, yeah, here's the thing. If if you're not already a Kingdom Hearts person, you're going to have no fucking clue what's going on in this. I've played most of the games and watched numerous lore explainers, and I still only have, like, 80% of a clue of what's happening at any one time. Ooh. But, like, it's good. Okay. It's good. I very much enjoyed running around a, a shopping centre and, and using, like, big twee mechs to shoot things. Yeah, that looked fun. I enjoyed the, the Rapunzel world, where Rapunzel was, like, beating stuff up with her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few things that have been notable. Um, clearly some voice actors they could not get from their movies. You'll occasionally have, like, here's Danny DeVito's character from Hercules, who shows up in all the scenes and just smiles and doesn't say anything. Because clearly they both don't have Danny DeVito and, I guess, don't have permission to use the sound alike. He's just kind of like, um, you've got some characters where it's clearly sound alikes, but like they're all pretty good sound alikes. All right, I wasn't impressed with Uncle Scrooge. Yeah, Uncle Scrooge wasn't a great sound alike, and it's very clear they don't have the rights to the music because there's like, oh, give some of those good Disney musical. Give me, give me some of those songs. Although I have to say, by the time you got to the end of the Toy Story world, I was sick to. Death of hearing you got a friend in me. You got a friend. Well, except with none of the words, because they're not allowed the words. You can have. Yeah, it's 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 good music until you've heard it for like three hours. Yeah, there's not enough variety to it. Yeah. Some of the worlds, like, the Tangled world was less intent on, like, here is that one song you know from our mm. thing that we're going to play the music of over and over. Yeah. Toy Story was the bad one for that, but... Like, um, when you were playing Astro Boy the other week, like, that pretty much plays the same piece of music all the way through, but it uses, because it uses different styles... Yeah. Although you can constantly hum along to it, it is different every time. Yes. Uh, over a sort of a longer period, and I think maybe if they'd done that a bit... That, like ramped it up for, yeah. for the yeah, like action scenes. But Maybe that would have helped a bit. I, I think they're very clearly like working with a very limited amount of Disney th- material they can yeah. use, and they just have to do what they can with it. Which feels weird because surely it's a collaboration. It is. It is. Uh, it's. It. It's a. It's its own weird thing, but. I've been absolutely loving it. Like it's. It's convoluted nonsense. <laughs> But but I love it. Is that character inside that character's heart, or is he in the computer? I don't fucking know. Who cares? Let's go let Mickey Mouse beat stuff up with a key. Ha 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 ha! 
What about you? What have you been playing? Uh, well, I finished Headlander, which <gasps> I mentioned last week. Yeah, how was yeah. how was it? Now you finished it, it was good. It was good. I it's sort of nicely put together. The mechanic is sort of easy to understand. It's nice to explore the world. It's it's not really a, a true Metroidvania, but there is a certain aspect of hey, you've got the thing you can barrel through this wall now or whatever. Yeah. Didn't um, overstay its welcome or anything. It's quite short. I think I finished it in about seven hours. That's that's um, a pretty good length, I reckon. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a it's a good enough length for what it was. I don't think I wanted to play much more of it. Yeah, like I, like I'm not going to go back and hundred percent it. There's things no. I've missed, side missions I've not done, but I don't much care. There are certain games where it's like six or seven hours is plenty for what this is. Yeah, I didn't realize it was double fine. Oh. I should have realized because it says every time I load it up. <laughs> I sometimes that happens though. <laughs> You get very good at blocking out the... the, the it's like, oh, Yeah, whatever. Whatevs. Just keep bashing A until it stops yeah. doing that. But like, I like the um, the graphical style of it. That almost... Um, something slightly VHS-y. Like the yeah. old CRT TVs with the, the red, green, blue. Um, like when white colours in that shake, they usually have that little red, green, blue um, like halo around them. Yes, yes. And... Um, that video thing, um, like it's a power up you get later on when you're running. Your character yes. leaves like a white and then sort of l- light orange uh, into dark browns, like five or six versions in a, a sort of yeah. behind you, like running behind you. And that reminds me of, I'm not sure what exactly, but, some, but it, I think it's something vaguely VHS related. Yeah, and then on top of that, like. The animation, the facial animations for your main character were very charming. Yeah, I like that. I like the the couple of boss fights that's in it. Um, yeah. like they're, they're interesting with the mechanics. A bit frustrating in places, but <laughs> I'm not terribly good at pa- pattern recognition stuff. It's like if I can point it and blast it for a while, I'm probably all right. Yay! But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I might write a review on that. But uh, yeah, definitely worth it. It's it's a budget game. It's like a tenner, so. Nice. I don't even know where I got it. <laughs> it was just in your Steam, it was in my Steam account. I guess at some point I bought a humble bundle and gone. Ah, there we go. <laughs> and just not played. That's it's a it's nice to be at a part in your life where you can be like, I have games. I don't even know what they are. I, well, I mean, you can occasionally experience a surprise. I think everybody at some point has bought a couple of bundles and then gone. Yeah, well, I'll, link, I'll 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 add it to my library, but I don't know if I'll get around to play it. And then just forgotten about it. Yeah, like I've got something like seven hundred and sixteen odd games in my Steam library now. Wow, it's, most of them have never been played. But it's just a case of oh, this was a free game at some point, and just went. I'll have a free game. Why not? This is like you know. Yeah, there's stuff I've had on there for ages. Subnautica I didn't play for like a year. Mm. That was a gift from um somebody in one of the Jimquisition groups. So yeah, thanks very much. And I finally got around to playing that recently. Yeah, you. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of good fun things. What else have you played? Uh, I have put a bit more time into Resident Evil 2 Remake. That's a very good remake. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like uh, it's a bit different in what the the tension and the scares are from the original, mm. but the it's basically taken the plot and the the narrative beats and the emotional beats of the original game and remade them in a much more manageable way mm. it feels very good to play like this is clearly not just we put a, a coat of paint on it it's we remade this game with modern game design sensibilities in mind mm. and 
I'm very happy with it. It's no. a very good remake. Yeah, excellent, excellent. You played anything else? Oh, I was going to sort of mention something I saw on... I think it was actually Kotaku. Oh, um, yeah. Was it a mention about the, the mods that are coming out? Or have come out? What, just for like Resident Evil already? Oh, I've not seen anything about um, that. It was mentioned that like people have made different mods so you can play as different characters. Yeah. Somebody found... Um, is it Chris... Somebody found Chris in the game files for Resident Evil 2. Oh, goodness. So they've just put him in as a playable character. Yeah. Ada Wong, you can play all the way through. Wow. Um, what was the other one? Oh, someone's created a, a fixed camera mod. Oh. So it still does the fixed camera things from the original, but has the standard controls. That's interesting. And that's exactly what I was talking about last week. Is like, that that, that I would love. I, I would be very interested to give that a try. Apparently it's only sort of in um, sort of early stages at the moment. But well, they, if, they've released like t- tech demos of it. If it that, works. If, if that comes together and is like a functional thing, then I'd be up for playing that through with you at some point. Yeah, my only thing is, like, I'm not sure how they've got around aiming, because... It's yeah. reticle based, I guess. Yes, it is. So mm. I have no idea, but I'd be curious to find out. Maybe they've had to put an aimbot in it or something. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. You played anything else? What else have I played? That is a good question. Oh, another one in the things I own and forgot about. <laughs> um, this one was definitely from a humble bundle. I um, I'd been looking around for something a bit Zelda-y to play recently. Oh, and yes. And I, I saw a review of uh, Oceanhorn. <laughs> like it's not quite Zelda, but it will probably scratch that itch for it, you for a little while. It's trying to be Zelda, and I was like, "Oh, I'll get that." So I, I had to look, and it was already in my Steam library. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess I'll play that. And I'm maybe what two hours in at this point. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's trying incredibly hard to be Zelda and not necessarily its own thing, and I think that's sometimes to its detriment because it's. Every time it tries very hard to be Zelda, it's like, mm, but you're not Zelda, though. No, um, it, yeah, it specifically is trying to be Wind Waker. It, it wants to be top-down, to like, top-down Wind Waker. Yeah, top-down isometric Wind Waker. Um, I did notice that, like, the fact that the main character has, like, a light blue top, very much the colour of the Breath of the Wild uh-huh. top, um, with, like, white wings poking out the side, but because of the, the leather strap across him, where holding yeah. his sword... You can't see what's underneath it, and you're like, "There's trifles." Yeah, it's it came out very close in time to Breath of the Wild, and ah. I feel like a lot of its design decisions were can't well, afford we, a switch. We went wind, we, we went wind waker, but 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 we put Breath of the Wild shirt on them because <laughs> there's no. You can't afford a Switch, maybe you just come and play our game instead. Yeah, or you finish Breath of the Wild and you want more Zelda on your Switch. There you go. Is it out on Switch? Yeah, that's, oh, where, that's where I played it. Ah, I'm currently playing it on Steam. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it so far. It's it's, it's a bit slow paced. The, the combat's like not super exciting. It's a little slidey sometimes. It can be a little bit slidey. It reminds me of those sort of indie games that people made with like. Not quite voxel graphics, you know, those sort of smooth yeah, edge voxels yeah. they use, and like the like you're popping up and down them almost cubitesque sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 not a terrible game by no, any it's means. Fun. It's fun. It's it's fun as long as you can stop going. 
Yeah, but Zelda does it better, though. You're trying to be Zelda. You're trying to... Your first power-up was bombs. Yeah, your first power-up was bombs. You got a piece of heart, and you go around your yeah, island, and with your, collect your sword and your shield on your island to get on your boat to go sail off with your blonde hair. Yep. And, and you go to different islands and do different things and meet people. The My problem was, like, the first island you're told to go to... I was expecting there to be like something to do. Like I, I yeah. I'd fought some things, and I got there, and I found what looked very much like a, a boss arena. Like yeah, okay, well that this is a large square area with a few little health power ups dotted around the edge, yeah. and then you know those two bits there that I've I've encountered those before. You press a button and they slide down. So I'm guessing they just slide up, and I'm forced to fight the enemy in this arena. But nothing happened. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there. There was nothing to do. So I was like. Okay, well, I've spoken to loads of people who are like telling me about other islands, but I thought there would still be something yeah. to complete it's, here. It's not great at signposting like what is progression and Time what is your then. objectives and when to move on. Yeah, um, it's got like a a, a level up system. Yeah, but I can't really tell what that's doing. Neither really. could I. Like. Okay, yeah, I've now got like seven hundred and fifty blue crystals, and I'm called uh, an. A Wayfarer or whatever it is now. I can't remember. I, it could be like an apprentice. I like found I had the best time with it, like, occasionally just checking walkthroughs to go, am I doing the right thing? Um, just I to get pointed along. I, after that first island, or that the second island, rather, that was all like, hey, there's I know about this place and I know about this place, I started sort of heading to those places that I've there people have talked about. Yeah. And, and just, just going there and seeing what... I might go back there eventually and find out if that Later trigger something, yeah. or if it all it was all a red herring, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of enjoying Ocean Hall so far, and I look forward to playing more. Yeah, it's it's a fun little, and it's it's one you can sort of do like ten minutes off. You can jump in and out of it very nicely, which I suppose is perfect on the Switch as well. Yeah, better better than you can say Kingdom Hearts, where constantly I'm like, okay, where's there a save point? Where's there I'll be a save in bed po- in a minute, darling. I'm just gonna find a save point. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I can't go to bed yet. Mickey Mouse is still waffling on and I'm not allowed to save yet. Nope, no saving for you. Ho ho! Ho ho! I played one other thing uh, this week. I need to find it because my phone has just moved all of what I'm looking at. No. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Um, so the last thing I played was I played the DLC for Spider-Man on the PS4. The Spider-Man? Yeah! I, I replayed a bunch of Spider-Man. Uh, I was like... Maybe I'll 100% this. Um, I went through and played the DLC. Really nice little story to that. Um, Pulls in a bunch of characters that... uh, A smaller Spider-Man universe characters and tells interesting stories with them. It takes some of my favourite side characters from the main game and gives them more to do. Mm -hmm. It fleshes some of their stories out in interesting ways and gives them some good development. And oh, I had a lot of fun with it. It was, it was some good fun DLC. Mm-hmm. If if you very much enjoyed Spider Man, I'd say its DLC is like, hey, that's there's a few more hours of story based Spider Man to go do, go do it. Uh, you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I finished the Clank Gunsbo's <laughs> um, campaign mode. Oh, you finished the campaign? I finished the campaign. How how are you feeling? How it's done? It was good. I was that le- the the fourth one the fourth uh, mission really threw me mm. because so far I'd been going through. Um, we've mentioned it before. Clank is a, a a deck building game. 
Bank in Space is a deck building game in space. You're basically trying to steal treasure and get out while building a deck from a uh, whatever you can afford. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I uh, the the fourth uh, mission had me going into the ship and planting some beacons, and then like I could pay some extra once I was on the way out mm. to uh to just trigger the beacons. I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll get on. I'll I'll go this way around the ship. Got it all planned out. I got to the to the end. I picked up an artifact. I was like, "Cool, this is all going really well." I've got a huge deck going. I've got some really good cards. I bought. Go back into the module where that the the, the beacons I'd set up were, and it's like, "Hey, pay five to get this thing," and I got captured. I was oh. like, "Oh, okay." Okay, I guess I was expecting there to be like 20 to 30 minutes more game. <laughs> it was like, oh, I've been captured. Oh, okay. And and that wasn't a dead end to the campaign. No. It, it sounded like you'd failed the mission, but it was like, no, no. The, the next mission just starts from jail. Yeah. And you start from a different point from, from your usual starting point. Yeah. And you have to like defeat two guards before you can even start moving. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then like... That that was the the very last mission, uh, and and there's all sort of story bits around that. Yeah, I, it was it was really good. In fact, I almost immediately went. I might just start the whole thing again. I'm really glad that you've had so much good single player fun from that board yeah. game. Clank's Clank's companion app is really good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Renegade Games have done a really good job with that. It's, I love when a, a a game is like, no, here is a good, robust single player you can play if you enjoy this game. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I've looked at the one for your unstable unicorns, and that is not good. No, it's, no, it's it's basically like a, a match pairs thing. Yeah, with the unicorns laid out as a, as a field in front of you. That doesn't sound good. No, no. Uh, but yeah, that's everything I've played. Yes. Everything you played. I think that's everything I've played. Oh, well, time for this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lifestyles of the Millionaires. I'm here with Tamara Nope, who you may know from working with some of the biggest artists around the world. Tamara, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Um, life is very good. Um, getting to work with all these fantastic people has enriched my life in innumerable ways. Absolutely. Now, you've recently worked with some very big musical artists doing some, some album art for that. Tell me, uh, tell me how you met. Ah, uh, well, we met because they went on Twitter and they said, Hey! Anyone want to do free art for our next album? You'll get to be on the cover. Like we won't pay you, but you'll you'll get to be able to tell people you were you did the cover for our album. And I put about I don't know three months of work, uh, full time work, into producing this cover, and I got selected. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Uh, I understand you recently worked with one of the big directors in Hollywood and made some uh, some amazing artwork for uh, for the for the movie posters there. Oh goodness, yeah. So uh, once again, I you know I I contacted them saying like, look, I'd love to to get my work involved with yours, and here's what I can do. Here's some things I've mocked up, and without even emailing back, they just used the things I sent them, and I you know, I I I was just very excited to be involved. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, I imagine that this has really paid you very well. This has got you you know really going up in the world. Well. Paid in exposure. A lot of people have seen my work. 
They have no clue it was my work, but they've seen it. I can... If I'm making friends with someone, I have a fun story to tell and to tell them I did a thing. If someone bothers to look inside the cover art of that album, they'll see my name very smallly written on page 14. Right, so you're not famous at all then? Well, it depends how you define it. Like, you've you've seen things I've done. Is that not fame? Right, but you're you're poor as hell though, right? Oh, yeah, no, God, no, no one pays me in anything but exposure. Right, I suppose that would explain why your four housemates had to let us in and go out for the day so that we could get all of our recording equipment in here. Indeed, I can barely afford this quarter of a room. Well, it's it's been lovely meeting you, and thanks for coming on. Obviously, we're, we're not paying you for your appearance here, but uh, it's all good exposure, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm a bit upset at the moment, dear. What's the matter? Well, nobody ever cares when they, they, they hurt me. They... They 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 use me they use me to, to deal with their injuries and, and they, they hurt me in the process and, and just they never think about about the damage done to me. I'm I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. I mean do they not look after you at all? Well they you know, they look after my basic needs, but they you know, they 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 you know, they hurt me to heal themselves. It's it's, it's it feels it's, it's quite a lonely life being an aloe vera plant. So, what have you listened to this week? What have I listened to? We um, listened to a lot of music this weekend. We we went and we went and heard a bunch of their musics. Uh, we 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 danced around to some drum and bass. Yeah, we uh, we listened to some. What was what was that one we were listening to uh, first? The the DJs we were listening to were Mango Jackson and Ludek. Oh yes, um, uh, Ludek in particular had some some real belters of beats that we were. Uh... Yeah, Ludek rather likes Ed Solo, I think. <laughs> yeah, there was that um, there was that good remix of "I Need a Dollar, Dollar, Dollar is What I Need." Hey hey, um, uh, I need a dollar. In fact, yeah, I need a dollar. What was it? What were the other ones we were enjoying? Uh, let's see, five on it. Oh yeah. Uh, no no no. Oh yeah. Um, top ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound of the police. Oh, sound of the police. <laughs> it's the sound of the beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good tracks. That, all that was some good tracks. Lots and but... lots of pounding drum and bass. Well, I like it so stuff. Oh god, and DJ I, I really enjoy a good like. Here's a good drum and bass beat, and then in comes a vocal track where I'm like, oh, I know this from like the nineties or early two thousands. I'm gonna sing along. Or the nineteen seventies, because at one point they sat on a track of um. I like an almost dubstep mix of um, Good Vibrations by the Beach yeah, Boys. Yeah, that's it. Like, if it's a song that I know the words too well, and you've got a good drum and bass beat, I'll be having a good dance along while singing my heart out. And I'm like, ooh, I'm, have, I'm yeah. having a good time. Yeah, I had some good stomping that night. Yeah. And Mighty Stomp was done. Who else? Who else uh, would like that? I night? really enjoyed seeing the Volcanoes. Oh, the Volcanoes were brilliant. Yeah, the Volcanoes, who are a, like, multi-piece, like, probably, like, ten-piece uh, ska band that did a bunch of... They had all sorts of interesting instruments and, coming on. and Scar and stuff. Yeah, they had all their, their big old instruments. They had someone on the... What's the or thing? Accordion. Accordion. They had someone on an accordion. Mm-hmm. They had 
people on like on, on trumpets and drums and yep. varying drums. They had someone trombone. on steel drums in the back and a trombone yeah. and a violin at the front. Mm. Uh, they put on a very good show. They give good show. I spent an hour just enraptured watching like, oh, there's so many instruments happening. See if I can pick out... Like, see if I can hear that instrument. Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. And that was the the bass player that was um, making sweet, sweet love to their bass. Oh, yes, the, the the bass player who looked like he was fucking his bass guitar on stage, and he looked like he was having a great time. <laughs> he was just having a nice, like, grind <laughs> and thrust <laughs> against his bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, he was doing a lot of fingering, so... <laughs> uh, Same. Who else did you enjoy during the night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hip hop apotamus they're always good yeah i love their stuff um yeah but a bit sort of yeah listen to them they're, they're very good it, it was drum and bassy glitchy good good stuff um uh, what one that i missed the chance to listen to live but i very much enjoyed their stuff on soundcloud mm-hmm. uh before the night was dj penny metal who does like a mix of like dance music mixed in with classical Russian music Ooh. and video game chiptune beats, Ooh. which was did they throw Tetris in there? Uh, I don't know if they did during the night, but like it seems like just their kind of thing to do that. Mm. Uh, anything else? I just remember something I played that actually relates to this thing. I played Streets of Rage. Oh yes, um, thanks to uh, Joypad. Who were oh there. yes, Joypad, who were in the place where the music was. Yes. They brought a bunch of retro consoles, basically in cages, so that people who were a bit loopy wouldn't damage them. Yeah. And there were people playing, like, uh, Mario Kart 64. I uh, tried my best to play some Street Fighter. I did not do well. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, yeah, we, we, I had a bit of fun playing um, playing Streets of Rage 1. Yeah. Yeah. It was very nice to have an excuse to sit down in the middle of the night. Hmm. It was it was a good a good time was had by all. Indeed. Have you listened to anything else this week? Uh what else have I listened to? Oh yeah, we listened to uh, another mix by John Double O Fleming, who we previously mentioned. The Juf. The Juf. Uh Juf one ninety on SoundCloud. It's a two hour mix of like really nice progressive trance. It was a really good background to our multiple hours long <laughs> game of Unstable Unicorns. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, de- would definitely recommend that if you, yeah. if you like a bit of trancey stuff. Ooh. What else you got? I've only got one other thing I listened to, I mm-hmm. think, which was um, I really enjoyed a good episode of Sawbones this week, which oh, I nice. think I've talked about before. It's that medical history podcast that uh, some of the McElroys do. Mm-hmm. And... They did a really good episode. I believe the episode is called Rock Medicine. And it's basically the story of the first free clinics in America and their origins. Basically, some doctor in, I believe it's San Francisco, just before the Summer of Love happened, who was basically like, a lot of people are going to start coming here. Like this, he could see the Summer of Love coming and was like, a bunch of people are going to come here with... Probably no money, no food, nowhere to stay, lots of hippies that are just like, everyone's connected, we love each other, man. And he was like, we're going to need to look after these people. Like, we're going to need to open parks to make sure they have somewhere that they can sleep. We're going to have to, like, and the big thing was, we're going to have to make sure that they have access to healthcare should they need it. And a lot of the doctors around at the time were like, eh, no, if they come here without the ability to look after themselves, that's not our problem. This doctor had also at the same time been researching uh, drugs, 
particularly LSD. And he goes, you know what? I've test. I've seen this used on. I've used this on animals. I've seen this uh, people using this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it once and just like see what the experience is, so I can understand it from a you know a a scientist point of view. Mm-hmm. And he ends up having his his LSD trip and coming out of it with the phrase, "Healthcare is a right, not a privilege." Mm-hmm. And that's his that's his takeaway from his his first ever drug trip. I remember, kids, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Uh, so yeah, he basically goes and starts up the first free clinic in America during the summer of love, and his his intention was like. It'll be quiet rooms where people who've done too many drugs can come and just calm down a bit, and if they just need someone to like make sure they're all right until they come down, mm. I'll you know be there to offer it for them. Ends up growing like the first day this free clinic is open, he sees two hundred and fifty patients by himself, and starts going, "Oh shit, this is like a big deal." And it's not just people on drugs that are showing up; it's you've got like hell's angels that have had like burns off of their bonics and stuff. Um, You've had a lot of people who just could not afford healthcare who were coming for, like, issues they'd been putting off getting help with for a long time. Um, It's a fascinating little story. I I won't, like, break down the the, the full story. Like, there's a lot of interesting connections to the music scene and how a lot of the San Francisco music scene helped keep this free clinic alive and expand it. Uh, There's stories of drug lords trying to take out hitman hit contracts on this doctor for varying reasons. It's it's a really interesting little story that really I think... Yeah, I, I would really recommend listening to it. It's like 40 minutes or so, but it's uh, just a very good story. And that's yeah. all with Justin and Dr. Sidney. Yeah. Then McElroy's. The McElroy's. You listen to anything else? I think that is it. <gasps> well then... Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. What's our new sponsor? Our new sponsor is Quit Electric Toothbrushes. <gasps> oh, goodness. Electric toothbrushes? Tell me more about them. Are you tired of moving your arm up and down when you're brushing your teeth? That's so much unnecessary effort. I'm going to bed. I don't want to do exercise. Why not have electricity do it for you? Exactly. Why do the basic amount of arm movement when electricity can just... Buzz around, do all them jobs. That's brilliant. Yeah. So how does it work? Well, you you uh, if you order through us with our product code, which is uh, QPS53, you can get your first battery for your electric toothbrush for half price. Now, these batteries for these electric toothbrushes, they're proprietary, they're very expensive, but can you really put a price on not having to move your arm anymore when you, you do your toothbrush in? Well, I, I don't think you can. I think you can, and I think it's 50% off if you use the code QPS53. That's a good point. I, I think that is like, exactly the price. That is the price. I quite like the way that it sort of straps right to your arm and just sort of jiggles it up and down for you. Yeah. You just hold on to it, and then it just... just the, the straps, they can be a bit heavy, but like it goes right up to your shoulder. Yeah. It's like, almost like a, an, an exosuit at that point, just just brushing your, your arm. Indeed. Sometimes your arm gets a bit tired and you do have to disconnect the battery, but quit electric toothbrushes. Head over to quitelectric.com and get 50% off your first proprietary battery. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actisoft. Hi, hi. Hi. Uh, uh, what's what's going on? So, so, I called this meeting because uh, I think I've had, I think I've had a brand new idea for how we can uh, 
make our video games even more profitable than they already are. Awesome. What what it got? So, so, you know how, how traditionally video games come out and there's a release date. It's, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. February 15th. That's when, the, you know, it's out. Yeah. So, here's what I'm thinking. We start doing a bunch of ways that people can pay us to play the game early. Yeah. So, like, if you're a part of our uh, paid subscription service, have the whole game a week early for free. Uh, you know, if you pre-order it, you can get the first 10 hours of it a week early for free. Sure. If you, uh, you know, all these sort of things that you're going to give us extra money, you know, uh, a lot of these require you to do it in advance. So, like, mm -hmm. you're you're putting money down before the reviews happen. So, like, yeah. not only are you paying us extra money, but, like, you don't get to find out that the game is bad before you pay for it. I mean, we we, we just can't have that anyway. Exactly, exactly. And, like... The genius part of this is we're not actually giving them the game early. We're giving people who don't pre-order the game and don't pay for the subscription, we're giving it to them a week late. Like, what we're doing is that date that we give it to for people early, that's when we were going to release the game anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we sell it like it's, hey, you're getting something better for subscription, but really, you're paying a subscription to not have us just hold the game for a week and not let you have it. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's perfect because obviously it, it gives us more time flogging the devs. And uh, yeah, I think this is great. It'll also be great if we can put this maybe in with some of our uh, our gold packages for the, for the pre-orders, yeah. uh, but not all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to make it confusing. Yeah, yeah. So when we release the game, if it's full of bugs and, you know, all sorts of game-breaking problems... We we can we have a week of the excuse of just it's not really out though this is just the early release you know it'll be fixed by next week yeah and you know that gives us a week to look at which of the things do they actually care about like which ones is it gonna actually hurt our bottom line not to fix and like we don't have to fix any of the ones that they don't care about during that week so like you know we we have a week to work out do we actually have to fix these problems or sure you know can we just like save the money and not do it. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, it's it's free playtesting for us, too. So, exactly. You know. Like, if, if, if we can just, like, tweak it based on player feedback during that week. Absolutely. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your eye holes? In my eye holes? Your eye holes. My eye holes. My holes. Where my eyes are. Um, yeah, I watched a few things. I watched, um, a cartoon, I watched some, uh, cartoon pilots on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I watched one called Obituary, which is about a, uh, a girl called June, who lives in a house, um, full of ghosts. Uh, oh. so right at the beginning of the first episode, her parents die. Yeah, okay. Um, she's having a conversation with them about death, and they seem to get, they get landed on one by what looks like Either a, a, a bomb casing or a boiler. Okay, okay. Um, and then she seems to have basically been homeschooled by ghosts. I think I've seen this. I've just loaded the thing up. Yeah, it's from That's a couple it. of years ago. I've I've seen this. It's really good. It, yeah, it was quite good. And then there's like this girl at the school. She's basically starting high school. There's this girl there that's, you know, the rich girl that assumes that everyone has to do what she says because she's rich. Yeah. And then she makes a friend with the, the kid with the braces and the ginger hair. Yeah. And the less because he's the braces. Yeah. Um, 
And as someone who's had braces, I, I remember that list well. <laughs> yes, yes. The Slurpee is it's good. Uh, yeah, it was it was quite sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if they've made any more of it. I'm only aware of the one pilot that exists, oh. but I very much in- I remember it very fondly. Mm. What else have you watched? I finished watching the new season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, which definitely. continues to be a very, very good show at, like, here's some comedy, here's some serious. Um... The end of the current season has just been dealing a lot with how mental health is an ongoing battle, mm-hmm. and it's it, it dealt with a lot of really interesting themes about how it's very easy when you feel like things are going well for you to get into that trap of like, my mental health problems are gone, I'm doing good now, everything is fine, I don't need to go to therapy anymore or do my meds anymore, etc. And it just showed like a very real downfall of someone who was putting aside their coping mechanisms and support structures that, like, they wanted... They, they just wanted to believe they were better. And it then causes some problems and they have to deal with the fallout. And it's mm. it's just a show that, once again, is like, ah, we're doing the sillies, but also, like... Seriously, keep, kids. Seriously, kids. <laughs> don't cold turkey cat out your meds for no reason and don't stop going to therapy. Like, you... Yeah, mental health is a lifelong battle. Keep it up. I think that's the other thing. I think when people talk about mental health, they, it needs to be talked about as a learning to cope with it and yeah. keep putting you in a good place for it and, and, and keeping it under control yeah. rather than something that can be cured. And I think with a lot of health problems, yeah, people like to think that there is a cure for them. And I think in some ways that's why people have so many yeah so much difficulty talking to people with long terms or, or chronic or yeah. terminal illness because they imagine that you go to hospital or whatever or you go to a doctor and they give you some pills and you get all better and that's yeah. it sorted and that's not how lots of problems yeah. work well like this this show is just really good at dealing with some of those realities of like health issues like like this current season, like a big a big plot point going on was the main character going, "Hey, I've had medication in the past, and it's just made me feel completely empty and numb, and I don't like that, so I don't want to go on medication." And her having, <laughs> there's a very cold out right now. Um, and basically, her having to have an honest conversation with her doctors, and her doctors be like, "Look, we're not trying to do that. If that's happening to you, we'll take you off of them." will find a medication that is right for you and does help you in ways that feel right. Like, we don't want to just make you feel numb and then walk away if that's not making you happy. No. I, although, I don't mean, I don't know if it's different in America, but, like, in the UK I've certainly had that issue of, like, yeah. hey, these pills uh, just make me numb and grey and there is only a, a long corridor of bleh yeah. every day. Um, yeah. So, I think if you you can... If you can remember to talk to doctors. The the problem over here was that for a while in certain areas you couldn't get different medication. Yeah. They just wouldn't put you on it that because has, Prozac is a girl. Yeah. That has improved a lot now. Oh, like, um I know a lot of people who have been on antidepressants and now like the standard now is they have five or six different ones where they're like, if this isn't working for you, we'll try this. If that's not working, we'll try this. And <sighs> Like, that that was just, like, a really good, healthy conversation for a show about, a, like, a, com- a musical comedy about someone's haphazard love life to yeah. delve into. Hmm. 
is it's a it's a good show. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What else have you put in your eyes? What else have I put in my eyes? Well, it was in fact a another pilot com- uh, yeah, cartoon. This one is called Song in the Sky. Um, and it opens with uh, a woman piloting um, sort of um, quite an old style looking plane. It's got like a, a an iron sight sort of sat on the yeah. on the nose of it just in front of the cockpit. And she is flying out on this mission, and you get the impression that she's quite troubled, that there's perhaps something, she's had some kind of trauma. There's like a photograph on on the um, instrument panel, and she looks sort of distant, uh, not really a co-pilot. I think it's some kind of floaty robot thing that's sort of flying along next to her. Yeah. And he's sort of going, hey, hey, you okay? You okay in there? And it they basically seems that the the or I, I read from the YouTube description that the the world the land the idea of land has just gone. Well, some time ago, everyone's living in this floating city, and there's some sort of law about these crystals that keep the things floating, um, and they are trying to defend it from this eldritch monster thing that looks like something out of like um like. Like an, a Ghibli enemy, ah. like in that it's uh, like a, a black, massive creature thing with like a mask on the front of it, ah. and it screams when it shoots. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really weird and, and slightly dark. And she's the sort of the, the the pilot is just flying along and sort of shooting it with like what look like normal bullets, but her little co-pilot thing can fire like lasers out of its <sighs> face. Oh. Um, and yeah, there's there's sort of a whole lot of trauma of watching it, and then stuff happens. Like it, there's lots of explosions, and like those like big laser bolts that you get from sort of classic anime type yeah. things. There's a lot going on in it for a ten minute thing. It's oh. it's quite sad. That apparently, they're trying to sort of get it going on Patreon. Yeah. So I would be interested to see sort of how they're doing with with more episodes of that because. I think the pilot only came out tail, tail end of last year, so yeah. yeah. And I know these things take fucking forever, especially they, if they it's do. not a large number of people. But yeah, that was a little bit sad, but like really interesting to see. Good sad. Yeah. What else have you watched? Uh, put in my eyes. I've started <gasps> finally reading that Adventure Zone graphic novel, Ooh, the first one. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of blue taco. I'm still of the opinion that like ah, taco's not blue for me. But um, I, 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 I get it. It's just not the picture that as I say the picture I had. It's not how I would have what I would have said taco looked like. But um, it's the joy of aphantasia. Yeah. I have no idea what no, any of them look like. It's it's been the nice thing about reading the graphic novel is seeing these events play out and being like. Oh yeah, I guess that is what that would look like happening. I guess oh. that I guess that is a visual of that thing I heard. It's interesting getting to see visual interpretations of the thing I listened to. So this is the Adventure Zone. Uh, here be Gerblins. Here they be Yeah, volume one of their Balance it's, arc. It's the yeah the first arc of Balance, and Ooh. yeah, I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah, um, and and you'd be ready for uh, what's the next one? Murder on the Rock. Port? Uh, Murder on the Rockport Limited. Yes, which. I am up for very much, even if only so I can see their interpretation of Angus Boy Detective, who is Angus McDonald, with his wonderful detective who has all of his cutlery stolen. Oh no! Yeah, what's what's your granddad's name? 
I don't remember. He didn't have one. <laughs> he he died long before the memory of his name could be passed on. Uh Oh, that was that was good. I like I like the Adventure Zone. It was it's a good it's good good, good series. What else are you putting your eyes? Uh, well, I I I also read a comic book <gasps> or have been reading a comic book. Is it that um, one that's on the desk? Is this one that's on the desk here? It's uh, um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume Four. I kissed a squirrel and I liked it. Did you like? Did you like it? It being the comic. I did like it. It being the comic. It's you, got... you, you read I kissed a squirrel girl and you liked it. I did. I hope that's okay. Yes, it's okay. You can you can like whatever kissing things you like. <laughs> I like the kissing thing. I didn't have to kiss anyone. Um, hey, even if you did, as long as you have a conversation about it, it's all good. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, it's got a choose your own adventure bit at the beginning. <gasps> oh goodness! Uh, yeah, introduced by Galactus. Uh I I'm glad that happened because we were we saw a what was it a Deadpool choose your own adventure yes. the other day, and your first thing you said was, "I've read the Squirrel Girl that did that." Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd sort of start reading this already. Um, I'm, I'm on to like the next chapter of it now. It's really good. It's classic Squirrel Girl, and I, I just like Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl's just a very wholesome character. Like for more, I, I love the fact that more than once she's just talked her way out of a problem, which is yeah. a very D and D answer to things. Yeah, it's I'm gonna roll my charisma check and see if I can just talk my way through this. Yeah, she rolls very high on charisma. <laughs> I would love to know what the stats are for Squirrel Girl. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, and I suppose animal friendship in there for Command of Squirrels. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's 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 good wholesome fun with Dorian Green, who is um, a computer sciences S- squirrel. Student. Squirrel girl is just all over. Very very recommended. She has the powers of a squirrel and a girl. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like the fact that it's got those little um, uh, Twitter bits at the beginning of every um, issue. Yeah. So there's usually what four issues in a in a in a volume. Yeah. And there's like bits at the beginning where she'll be like on Twitter with Tony Stark or sort of other members of the Avengers or trying to get hold of people. Um yeah. Um we've we've been seeing in the last few volumes we've been seeing a lot more of um of Koi Boy and Chipmunk Hunk. Yeah. Koi Boy who has the power of a uh, Koi and Chipmunk Hunk who is the powers of a chipmunk and a hunk. <gasps> Can't so, underestimate uh, the powers of a hunk. Well, uh, especially if you happen to be playing Resident Evil 2. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, would definitely, as always, recommend Squirrel Girl. What about you? I think that's everything I've put in my eyes. <gasps> so yeah. <gasps> so it's nearly little Tamara's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So Mummy's going to be wrapping some presents, right? Yeah, and we don't want to make that easy. No, no. 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 Yeah. Uh, where's the fun in it being easy? We only get to come out when it's a special occasion. Give it five minutes, we're back in the cupboards. Exactly. If we can just screw things up a little bit, we get to have more time out actually, you know, seeing the house. Absolutely, absolutely. So hopefully we've got a plan. I, Tape, will be taking the lead. Every time I'm put down, I am going to wrap up as tight as possible and make that end as smooth and flat against me as possible. She she will be just rolling a fingernail around and around me and she won't be able to get a good purchase. Scissors, what have you got? Well... I'm going to be just shuffling across the table and hiding behind, like, a book that's over there or under that envelope. Just not going far enough away that something seems suspicious, but far enough away that it's going to take a good few seconds to find me. Like she's just put you down somewhere and you've already gone. Exactly. Now, what are you going to do, Paper? Well, 
I was hoping, because I've been wrapped up just uh, just down the side of the cupboard for a little while now, I thought what perhaps I could do is just, every time she rolls me out, I'll just roll back up very, very quickly. And then when she, if she lay, lays something on top of me to hold me down, I'll curl right up at the corner. <laughs> Fantastic. I reckon we've got a good chance of being out, what, good 30, 40 minutes this year? Okay, uh, hands in then. Go team. Okay, yeah, if you just uh, talk into the camera here, we'll, we'll give you your own little box code and they'll just respond to that and hopefully you'll get some good responses. Okay, okay. Hello, I'm Veltari. I'm a tiefling. I am a character from a D&D universe and I'm looking for love. Uh, I have big old, big old demonic horns. I play electric guitar. Um, I have a big old manticore friend who who stands behind me and makes me look very cool while I do it. And I used to be a murderous evil person, but like I'm good now. I'm friends with a with a troll called Wolf. It's all great. Um, I'm a I'm just your friendly bard looking looking for friendship and maybe cute demon girls. And can, what can you tell us about the sort of person that you're looking for? They would ideally look cool and demonic and just be able to stand next to me and go, yeah, that's that's a cool, that's a cool demonic looking couple. I am Grog, yes. <laughs> looking for shiny, shiny, yes. <laughs> Many good shiny, yes, yes. Um, Grog, me, uh, I'm handsome fellow as you can see. <laughs> Have whole treasure hoards! No, not treasure hoards. No, no one knows about the treasure hoard. Mm. I don't want people to just want me for my hoard, you know. Uh, can we cut that bit out? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, so, yes, looking for a nice princess, maybe. Ransom back to daddy. <laughs> oh, prince, not mine. <laughs> and go. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Frank. I am a wizard who uses trading cards to uh, to cast my spells. I'm very good at them trading trading cards, and uh, I, I'm I'm just looking for a, for a nice man to settle down with. Uh, I've had I've got kids, don't live with them, but I'm a I'm a family man, and uh, you know I, I I like I like trading cards and magical battles, and definitely not electrocuting people to death with my electric spells. No. Definitely didn't do that one. Also, I think I might be in charge of a country. It my my story went some places. <laughs> All right, um, Ellie. I have been known to uh, get in trouble now and again. I'm not one who particularly values things like money and stuff. I uh, I have a, a, a rainbow battle links. Don't worry about him. He's very soft and fluffy on you, Mister Fluffy Bottom. Yeah, and uh, we go on all sorts of missions. I like to think as myself as some sort of anarcho-communist. Occasionally blow things up if they happen to be owned by a rich person. Ideally, what I'm looking for is somebody into shenanigans and really deep pounding sex of any gender or, or you know, age above consent. <laughs> I'm Leonora Melbeck. I'm a space lady. I like getting drunk. I am a pansexual polyamorous. I, I, I'm just all about finding love wherever it may be, no matter your species or race or class. I am very, very into finding, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Oh no, I screwed I screwed up my sentence there. Give me a second, I'm just gonna re-roll. Oh, there we go, 21 charisma, that's better. So yes, I'm just looking to add more smoochable cuties to my map of smoochable cuties across Diamond's face. Wonderful. Definitely fix that botched charisma roll. <laughs> question time! Let's have the questions! What's the questions? Uh, Kel Goodall would like to know. I think I know the answer to this already, but bras or no bras? Uh, no, no bras. Go, go, go. Let, don't put the titties in titty prison. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, they are sometimes a necessity, but also, like, and just let, let the girls be free. Let them swing, let them swing. Um, I mean, I can, because it doesn't give me back problems, but... Yeah. Um, I actually have more back problems wearing bras than not wearing bras, so... I, I, I just have little titties that don't always need a bra, and around the house I'm like, why would I put them in jail unnecessarily? What about hand jail? Hand jail is acceptable. Yeah, there we go. Hand <laughs> those, jail. Are, those are some nice titties. Those are some nice titties. <laughs> These are some nice fucking titties. <laughs> uh, what's, what's next? <laughs> Lucy Nevins, if you were to have a persona, what would it be and why? Uh, I think I've answered this before, I mean, that... I, I think I think it would have to be some kind of like probably like a, a rabbit gal. Yeah, I'd be some kind of rabbit gal. I don't know much else beyond that. Probably be a rabbit gal of some kind. I think I'd be like a sort of cat, probably a lynx. Yeah. Like with huge big fluffy paws, as lynxes do, and extra long ears. Because I, I like the bigger ears. I have I have cosplayed as rabbit adjacent characters before. You I cosplayed have. as Judy Hopps from Zootopia once. That was oh. I felt very cute, so there you go. Cute. I mean, you're very cute anyway, but you were particularly cute on that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, now about hi. hi. I'd like to know what would be your organisation thirteen name? Okay, so you, it would be S- Laura rearranged with the letter X in it. So Roxler, uh-huh. Ro- Roxler. Mm. Uh, I'd be Jexan. Jackson works. <laughs> Can you see where I basically spent all day working out what I'd go for? Uh, I had to work yeah. mine out on the fly. <laughs> How do I wedge an X into Laura? Okay, Becky too here would like to know, uh, how do you see your life changing if you were a shorter person? Um, I'd probably find it a lot easier to find clothes that fucking fit me. Mood! Yeah. That's the, that's the biggest way it would change. Just my sleeves would be long enough. Oh. Oh. oh, and trouser legs would be long. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Well, th- somebody asked me about this um, the other day, actually. And they were like, what would you do if you were short? It's like, I'd love to be about two foot nine because I would wear kids' clothes all the time. I would have all the best Halloween costumes. <laughs> I would be able to wear shoes with light up soles. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd get to do all sorts of things. And they'd be like, well, what about le- reaching stuff? I can climb things. Yeah. <laughs> Step ladders exist. I can't make myself shorter. Uh, Ollie Hood would like to know, have you ever listened to 65 Days of Static? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, They would really recommend uh, uh, Aren't We All Running? Heat Death Infinity Splitter. (laughs) That's an amazing name of a something. The distant and mechanised glow of Eastern European dance parties. Okay, I didn't know what this thing was, but those last two track names have me bloody intrigued. I am certainly intrigued. Uh, Tricky, we'd like to know. Hi, Tricky. 
Uh, can you knock out the basic plot together for a new Studio Ghibli film in under two minutes? Um, okay, so we need a protagonist Female, who's, obviously. Yeah, female. Probably some kind of, like, animal, like a Totoro-style animal, but maybe it's based on, like, a, a cat instead of, instead of, like, a bear. I'm pretty sure they've done a cat. Uh, a duck. Um, it'll be, be some kind of Shinto spirit. Okay, some ultimately. kind of... The Shinto spirit of a duck. Okay. And uh, what's the, the, the challenge ahead of it? Um, well, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily... Maybe it's it's a bit like uh, Totoro, so, like, she just encounters the duck. Oh, okay. And they just hang out and have a nice time while she grows as a person is, or is gets this... over some kind of family trauma. Okay, is this just like a slice of life thing about dealing with family trauma, but she occasionally just meets the Shinto spirit of a duck? Yeah. Okay, I'm up for that. The, the duck comes and, and looks after her, like, high, high, like um, covers her um, over with a wing in uh, like a particularly hot sunny day or something. Yeah, it's called My Guiding Mallard. <laughs> My Guiding Mallard, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you watch My Guiding Mallard? Yeah, but I want Jared Way to do the music for it. Okay, Jared Way does the music to My Guiding Mallard. Yes, the, the, and it's also the voice of the mallard. Yes, the, the slice of life story of a young girl trying to deal with some bereavement in the family with her Shinto spirit duck friend. Her, her granddad's died. Yeah. And and she's recovering for that, and and she's having to go and live with other family members, but more distant. Yeah, and she she doesn't know them, and she's very scared because life's going to be very different. But yeah. the duck makes her know it's all going to be okay, yeah. and and ultimately everything turns out to be okay. And the duck sort of just wanders off back into yeah, the duck Yeah, it's like bond. you you didn't really need me; you had it in you all along. Yeah, it just paddles off into the sunset. Oh, I want to watch that film. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch that film. Ghibli, hit us up. We'll sell you the script. I don't know if that was two minutes, but I think, I think that was pretty good. It was in the spirit of two minutes. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bab plush friend would like to know... Uh, joke question. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Uh, every time I always turn it off and on again. I mean, that's, that's where you start, right? Yeah, you start by turning it off and on again. You do that before you ring fucking IT. Yeah, you do that before you Google the solution to the problem. The yeah. first thing you do is turn it off and on again. Right? Uh, what is your favourite creative medium? I... Mm, have you got an answer for this? Um, I, For me, I really like making silly videos, but I need time to sit down and think about them to actually make them in the first place. Which isn't always a thing. I like podcasts because I just find them... They're very conversational and mm. they're a way to get like a big batch of, of natural content that doesn't require too much forward planning yeah. done in a relatively manageable amount of time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like sort of drawing. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, but I do enjoy drawing. Uh, Lewis von Pierce would like to know, how did you start making stuff on the internet? Uh, I think I've told this story some places before. Um, I started making stuff on the internet because I was working a a boring as fuck job in a supermarket. And it was just providing me zero mental stimuli. I I was just bored out of my mind all the time. Mm. So I used to keep a little notebook next to me when I was sat on the, uh, the, the till, the cash register. And I would write down ideas for video game articles. And then I would go home and write them when I got home from work. Mm. And that was my start of doing stuff on the internet was just giving myself something to do so I wasn't focused on I'm doing the same supermarket job every day forever. Mm. What about you? How did you start getting doing the, the internet? Um, 
I'm pretty sure I've told this story as well. I uh, was having a really bad time in my day job, and um, I it was it was coming up to Christmas, and it was always the busiest time working in retail. Mm. Um, and I knew that if I didn't do some, I was oh, as as always going to be alone on Christmas Day. And I I knew that if I didn't do something to occupy myself, I probably wasn't going to be there by the evening. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I sat down and I wrote and produced and edited on my LG Renoir phone <laughs> uh, over the course of about eight hours. Yeah, uh, I made the very first Stone Monkey Radio. Which is not available anywhere now. I think it's on YouTube, but it's unlisted. It's it's hidden away where you can't <laughs> find it. It's only for us to see. I don't. Have you seen it? I think you've shown me Maybe. that original one. Um, yeah, and then that sort of started the thing of like, I'm going to train more of these, and that that was pretty much the first thing I ever made that went online. Yeah. The origin of such wonderful characters as Invisible Bob. Hello, I wasn't the origin. He <laughs> already he already existed as a character that. Because Stone Monkey Radio came from me, my housemate, and her best friend just messaging each other random crap, like yeah. f- fake weather reports, like Invisible Bob, silly news, um, fake delivery services for <laughs> things we would like. Um, like, before you could, we had things like Just Eat and Hungry House. Yeah. We were thinking about, like, hey, have you just come back from a night out party? Do you really want something to eat? But. Can't be asked to make it, and you can't handle talking to people on the phone. We'll just tune into your brainwaves and send you pizza or delivery custard or things like that. Ah, oh, and I think a lot of those through lines have ended up in quips. Ah, uh, yeah, quips or or other Stone Monkey radios. Yeah. So yeah, they they do exist. And um, World of Chainsaws, which I think was from Stone Monkey Radio three or four, <laughs> and that's the, that's something that was oh. from one of those. Well, yeah. Uh, Omnilord Integrated That's an awesome name We'd like to know uh, Characters that get more compelling When you headcanon them as queer uh, Like Transman Wolverine Well, have you got any? I'm always a fan of Transman Lars From oh. Steven Universe mm. There's there's a lot of his character That like makes a lot of sense When you look at it through that lens um, Yeah, are you got any of these? Everyone is trans Everyone I, is trans. I, I do like to do that one, like, hey, just like let's just imagine everyone in this show is trans. Every everyone is trans. I like Zarya Zarya from Overwatch being trans because her gun literally fires out the colours of the trans flag. Oh. I'm like, I like that one. Nice. Uh Chief Jester would like to know what fictional world would you live in? No, that's boring. Let me try again. What fictional world would you happily go to war against? Oh, oh. Um I'd go to war against the world of the Smurfs because they're very small. I reckon I could take them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! If I've got to wow. go, to, if I've got to go to war against a fictional world, I want it to be one that I stand a chance against. Um, the fascists from Full Metal Alchemist. See, the thing is, yes, I would like to to defeat the fascists from Full Metal Alchemist, but like. I'm not. I don't have the ability to to kill magic Nazis with like fucking fire magic. Oh, kick a smurf though. She seemed to say. Well, if gravy. Well, in this fictional world, I'm going to war with them, which suggests that they have started a war with me. If if Smurfs were attacking me, I I think I could take them. <laughs> I don't want to die in this war. Okay. It's understandable. Um, I, mm, fictional world. Uh, does the world inside my own head count? 
I'd, I'd fight my own inner demons. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jacob Marion would like to know, what is one piece of media that you like that everyone else hates and one piece that ev- uh, media that everyone uh, that you hate that everyone else likes? I love Shadow the Hedgehog, which everyone hates. And I hate um, the Darjeeling Limited, which a lot of people loved and I just couldn't see the fucking appeal of. I don't think I've seen that. It's a Wes Anderson film. Oh, is that the really, really racist one? Probably. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. I remember going to it and getting like an hour into it and going, is it meant to be a comedy? I don't... Nothing's really going on. I remember being bored out of my fucking mind at it. Oh, no. What about you? I don't know. Um, I don't... There's lots of things I don't see the appeal of that other people do, but I don't... Like, I hate any of these things. Oh, Ace Ventura. People love that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, well, fuck it's fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that is, is one piece of media, definitely. Um, is that one that you love that people hate? I don't know, do people hate the stuff? I really like the stuff, and I think a lot of people just think it's a bad B-movie. Yeah, I, uh, that's a fair I answer. I think a lot of people don't think that um, Hellraiser 2 is the best Hellraiser. I, not the best. It's not as good as the book. But. I love the first two Power Rangers movies, and they're trash. Like I, even I acknowledge they're bad. I love them. But. Um, Egon and Donkey. I don't know how many people have actually seen that, but I think it's really sweet in yeah. a slightly obscure way. I don't it's know if lovely. I mentioned it more. It's yeah, lovely. it's it's an alien who lives with a cat thing that's always after his sausages, and he's. Here's a crash one night, and from space has landed this thing, which turns out to be like the Voyager probe. Yeah. So they take the record home, stick it up on their gramophone slash TV thing. Yeah. And they there's some drum and bass, and then they learn about Earth, and they decide to go there. Yeah. It's, in this homemade spaceship. It's very sweet. It's very sweet, but I don't. I don't. I've heard people go, oh yeah, the graphics aren't that good. Maybe they're not, but it's made by a small Hungarian team. It's got no words in it, really, whatsoever. Yeah. I think somebody says hello at one point. It's it's got a lot of heart. It's 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 all heart. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess that's one that I think it's more that it's obscure than that's people don't fair. necessarily like it. Uh, have we got any more questions? No, that is all of the questions. <gasps> so then, do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Weekend. I was doing a lot of thinking back about me uh, be past. It's been yeah. long, long few years, long few years. Of, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you can relate to this. I've uh, I, I've changed a lot as a person in the last few years. Oh yeah, same, same. You know what? I, I, you know, um, these days I'm I'm pretty up on my my socially progressive things. You know, yeah. I I like to try and learn about other people's perspectives and whatnot. Um, but I wasn't always like that. And I think you know that's important to uh, acknowledge occasionally. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one thing to to not beat yourself up for for the person you were, but I think it is important to acknowledge 
who you were and where you came from. And, and I think also that helps keep in mind the, the lessons you've learned so that you aren't that person anymore and, and you can try and be better yeah. in the world. It's it's really useful to remember, like, you know, a lot of us have grown up having various prejudices that you, you know, you sort of have to learn to uninternalise. And uh, yeah. it's, it's important to recognise, like, okay, what caused me to have those prejudices and, you know... What can I do to actively prevent them in the future or to mitigate the effect they have in my life? And, you know, what can I do to recognise those issues in others and, you know, try and educate them if I see other people having that issue? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, certainly uh, I grew up in the 80s and I, I don't remember ever learning any of the prejudices or sort of the, the wrong things that I'd said. But it was just language that I picked up from other people, understanding that these were just words that you said, because that's yeah. how people talk. And it wasn't until I, I, I got older and, and a bit more empathy, and I started to sort of understand things and, and how they tied together. And like, oh, actually, that's very problematic. And, and some of that filtered out naturally, and, and others... Sort of as I got a bit older, people start to call you out on things, and that's very important. Yeah. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, sometimes you have to call people out and, and, and proper holler at them. Uh, but if they don't double down, sometimes you you can save that person and, and stop yeah. them being... It, don't get me wrong, it is their uh, responsibility to educate themselves, but... Sometimes people need to know what it is that they need to be educated yeah. about in the first and, place. And honestly, sometimes like these prejudices, you don't even realise you've necessarily got them until you, until it sort of brought your attention. Um, one thing that was very uh, eye-opening to me in my late teens was um, I did one of those online things where you do like um, you, you you have left and right arrows and you sort of tap one for positive association and and uh, one for a negative association that sort of thing. And it's all about measuring like the split second differences in how long it might take you to make those associations. And right. uh, it was a really eye-opening thing that like, I always thought like, oh yeah, I'm pretty good on on you know I don't have too many biases. And it it demonstrated to me in my late teens, oh, it takes my brain a second longer to you know associate black people in positive categories. And that was a thing that I found out where like my brain just was slower at doing that. And mm. It was very important to me realising that because it's like, I didn't feel like I had any prejudices going on, but clearly I had biases and it was something I had to work on. And, you know, yeah. it's often a case of like, until you recognise that bias is there, yeah. you don't know, you know, until you realise you, you that there is something wrong, you can't work on it. So, Absolutely. like, you know, that that was the thing that felt very positive because it was like, at least I know this is something I should be looking out for and trying to correct in myself. Yeah. And it's, I think it doesn't help that, uh, or, or certainly when I was younger, because we didn't have the internet as, yeah, as such yeah. a big thing. It existed, but lots of people just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Or it was just crap because dial up was not brilliant. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't until there was that like, the world shrinking culturally because yeah. we were able to expose ourselves to much more types of people. Yeah, like that. All of a sudden, you you realise that there are some big differences. Things that you perhaps, if you are a reader of of uh, you know, like news media, like yeah. you know, like printed papers, especially in the eighties and nineties, you might not realise that you've just been fed all this bile constantly, yeah. and you just go, "Well, hang on, this." Why, why? I've got no real reason to, to feel yeah. any of these things about these people other than the fact that I've had it ploughed into me yeah. all this well, time. Like, growing up in a pre-internet era, 
I grew up with uh, associations like, oh yeah, gay is a synonym for bad. Yeah. Or I, I grew up seeing trans people only ever presented as like, you know, misleading people who were, you know, terrible secret keepers who would you should be horrified by. Yeah. It's like so many of these messages, like, they're just so permeating of society until you get something like the internet and can go, oh yeah, no, these these groups are just people and these are biases that clearly were instilled at some point and you just got work on. Yeah, and I think for, uh, you know, I know some trans people uh, very close to me. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. They, like, they have grown up in areas like that, as you say, you know, it's very much a case of they, trans people have always been punchlines, trans people have always been uh, seen as, like, um, acting or, or yeah. putting on a costume. Uh, you know, they they've been sort of confused with uh, cross dressers, or that they they've been uh, lumped into that in a very negative way. That it's it's um, often a sexual fetish and things like that. And even some medical professionals that treat trans people seem to see it like that. Well, like I think I think the example that you know comes to mind for me is you see like gay and trans people who have prejudices against other gay and trans people sometimes because they've grown up seeing all that prejudice. Even if that is the group that they ultimately end up identifying with, they still might have that prejudice internalised against the group they're in because, you know, prejudices really do permeate. And, well, that's the thing. It shouldn't be shameful to say, I had issues in the past which I have acknowledged and I've internalised and I've tried my best to, you know, mitigate the effect they have on my life and the way I treat people. Yeah, and, you know, another one I particularly remember, I remember when I was quite young, my uncle and my mum having a conversation um, about uses of racial slurs. Oh. And they got, I've I've only, I don't know why it's coming to my head recently, but I was thinking about it, like, uh, I remember both of them. I certainly my mother at one point. I used to consider quite a woke person. You know, she yeah. she had lots of different types of friends. She hung out with lots of different people, and I think that came from sort of her background of just like being surrounded by lots of different types of people. That there was a certain you know she wasn't particularly prejudiced. But there they were one day having this conversation about how. They, if they had been insulted or upset or, or got into an argument with someone from a, a particular minority, that they wouldn't be ashamed to throw in slurs against that minority oh. because they were having an argument with that person and they wanted to get one up in the argument. Well, it's, it's and it's that's it's like no. <laughs> it's like you see when um, people will be respectful to trans people. Until they don't like that trans person, and then they'll start misgendering them and dead naming them. Or, or you know, the one that I uh, I know someone encountered recently, where their 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 friend for many many years, who's always been very supportive of them and always been you know very uh, you know right thinking seemingly, has been seen in other Facebook groups commenting on other trans people going you know misgendering them deliberately and so forth. Yeah, and it's like well. You can't say that you are this positive person just because you don't like that other trans tra- trans person or person of colour or whatever, and you, and then you're just going to throw out slurs or misgendering or, or yeah. demeaning them in other ways, and it's just it's just not right at all. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think our general point stands there, like you know, acknowledge your prejudices. Yeah, acknowledge your own prejudices and you know, learn to move on with them, but do acknowledge that they existed. Yeah, and you know, try try and learn from that, and you know, yeah. knowing that you have been wrong in the past. Except that there is every possibility that you may be wrong again in the future, yeah. and, and and that you can use that as a learning experience exactly. and be better. Yeah. Should we have that hug? What good time? Always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good hug. It's a good hug indeed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm quite naked now, mate. Yeah, I'm ready for a for a lie down. Yeah. Shall I? Shall I put the kettle on? Yeah, I'll have a, have a cup of tea. Yeah, decaffeinate though. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura Gatebuzz pretty much everywhere. Laura Gatebuzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You can find me on Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. And you can find my books that exist and you can order to, to own in the future. <laughs> Uncomfortable Labels, that's my memoir. It's coming out in the summer. Reviews have started happening. People seem fairly positive on it, which is good. It's averaging, I think, four stars out of five at the moment, which is I'm pretty happy with. And there is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which I have finished writing. And we are now just getting the art together. I've seen some of the art. Um, uh, yeah, I it's... feel more teased than most of the people that. Uh, I mean, I backed it as well, but I feel more teased than most. There of the is a that... printed off copy on the other side of that partition, like <gasps> literally so just over there. All of the words you could, if you want to read the words, the oh, words exist. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. That's okay. Also, I want to see all of Zach's awesome art. Yeah, I'll. I'll well, I'll... I've seen a do good deal of that too. I, I I won't spoil too much of it for you, but I, I occasionally just go like, I need to show someone this cool piece of art, Jane. I'll show I appreciate you. it. Uh, and yeah. then I go I go online and gush about it. So people are like, Wow, we can't see it. <laughs> what about you, Jane? Uh, I am on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I'm on SoundCloud as Jane Eris Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. I am on Thursdays, although this week it was Wednesday. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Janiac. Uh, on snowmonkeyradio.blog you can head over there where I've recently put up my Clank in Space review and uh, Badly Designated Heroes which is a 5th edition D&D real play podcast um, where uh, three of the most inept <laughs> D&D players ever are, are, are go around just just bumbling through the world bumbling through the world we, we've 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 got a uh, uh, tiny little monk with a pan on his head uh, who just constantly confounds our DM because he's like you see no he makes eye contact no uh, uh, which is hilarious you, every time you sense you get the sense that someone is staring at you um, yeah and um, then we got enough the tiefling wizard and me trees the furball druid uh, with the Welsh accent, who, yeah, who, well, uh, yeah, she does things that are funny. She trees. She is trees. A druid, which is a good name for a druid. Uh, yeah, that is um, Curiosity Epidemic on YouTube. Curious Epidemic uh, at Curious Epidemic on on Twitter, and uh, I think we're now on Spotify as well. So have a look for Badly Designated Heroes. That's lots of fun. Also, I'm on this, which you're listening to now. So I don't need to advertise it. <gasps> so, so then, <gasps> until, ne- until next time, <clears throat> be a stranger. Bye. Bye.